Hello, Casters Guild listeners. This is Rick Perry, one of your guild masters, just checking in before the start of the episode. I wanted to say I apologize for not posting for the past few weeks due to the global pandemic and other crises happening in the year of 2020. It has been very difficult to keep up with our posting schedule. I can promise you for at least this week and three weeks after that, there will be a cast to listen to. If not, you can always just go back and listen to our old ones. We do appreciate that. Also, on Sundays, our Twitch streams will not be as regular. I can't promise a particular posting schedule or a particular streaming schedule, but if you follow us on Spotify for the cast and follow us on Twitch for the stream, you will be notified whenever we post and whenever we stream. Thank you very much for your understanding, and I hope you remain a fan, and we will see you out there in the Guild Hall. Views expressed by Casters Guild members are only the opinions of that member, and that could change from day to day. Guild members may use mature language, but that in no way means they are mature. Listener discretion is advised. It can be rolling dice, drawing cards, and moving meeples. There are a lot of cool ways to get together with your friends around the gaming table. No matter what you choose, if you play your cards right, you can always have some fun. And that's the spell we're casting tonight on Caster's Guild. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Casters Guild. I'm your guild master, Rick Perry, and the mayor of Meeples. And I'm your guild master, Baron Kane, and I'm already bored with this podcast, which is a good thing tonight. <laughs> and joining us tonight for our first time as a new guild member, uh, say hi. Hi. Oh, I should say uh, who I am, right? That's how this works? That's not important. <laughs> <for it. laughs> uh, I'm Mike Stewart. And uh, I, I don't have a pun. I wasn't told there would be puns. Oh, I, I find it best if I spring them on Brad without telling him that they're coming. Yeah, <laughs> he gets me every time. I guess I'll just roll with it. Oh, nice. Uh, yes, hey, hey. So that problem when it gets sprung on me, I don't get them. I almost didn't get that one. <laughs> So tonight we are uh, talking about uh, board games, box games, tabletop games, however you want to say it. Uh, not necessarily Monopoly, but more intricate stuff. Yeah, I think we can um, include some card type games as well in this. Yeah, absolutely. Basically anything that you're going to sit down at a table and play with your friends. Oh, oh, we're including those, are we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are we allowed to do that now? I actually don't know what I'm referencing right now. <laughs> Whatever you're, we're referencing, I mean, like, I do have this podcast marked as explicit. So, you know. oh, 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 well then. <laughs> One of those podcasts. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wiener. <laughs> All right. So, uh, tabletop games. So, I think a nice place to start, um, especially with the members that we have on now is maybe a little bit of your background when it comes to tabletop gaming, maybe where you started tabletop gaming, where it's taken you in life, that sort of thing? I mean, yeah, that that could be a thing. I mean, (laughs) I I think that we can all say that everybody in this podcast has had some experience playing board games, but uh, I mean, I, wow, I guess, you know, going back to childhood, I mean, again, I guess we could all say that we've, fucked around with Clue and some sorry and stuff, but 
I don't think I started getting into the good stuff until about 2000. And that's, gotcha. when I started, that's when I started working at a uh, game store. It was introduced to the uh, other world of board games that I never really knew existed. Yeah, I, I think my first, <laughs> weirdly enough, my first foray into the, oh, man, I don't even know how to describe what that kind of world was back then, but I, I was playing uh, cheap-ass games. And cheap ass games was a, a like was pretty much just board games in a paper bag, and they were like just a couple bucks. But they well, they were like the best freaking games ever, especially considering they were only a couple bucks. Oh um, sure. But then I mean after that, oh just uh, just kind of opened up from there. Really started uh, getting into the more. Oh my gosh, when I first found a seventy dollar board game, it blew my mind. Oh right. I bought it, but and it was uh, Arkham. Arkham Horror was was that that game. It took me two years to learn how to play. Uh, yeah, I'd say that that's a heavy first buy. It was. It was. It was. It was ridiculous. Um, Funny bitch. Oh my god, that fucking Fantasy Flight Games. That is who that is, right? Yeah. Um, they have a problem. It's like they need to put as many things as possible in their fucking box it's like we we bought this box we're gonna fill it up i i'm sure we'll get more time to dive into this but one thing i will say about fantasy flight as many components as they hand you one thing i will say is the components are usually really good quality and they usually aren't shy about giving you a hundred little baggies to store said components in so they aren't rolling around the box like some other game companies well that may be a more recent development Uh, I know there for a while they were really bad. They would have tokens, and then there was a token for the tokens, and you just <laughs> you have a whole all, table full of tokens and all the decks. Yeah, mm-hmm. just decks everywhere. Decks coming out of the wall. Decks coming out of the boxes. De- Are you saying decks? Oh, <laughs> that was a different game. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so then eventually. I ended up running my own game store, and again, the, it, it was almost like being in charge of ordering this stuff opened the world all uh, all over again, being able to look into it, and I know Mike was there with me, yeah, and, he, you know, I had him there with me to help out with the ordering, and because, you know, he was, I mean, you were pretty deep into it just as a fucking hobby for some goddamn reason. Um, (laughs) But, and he was there for a lot of the ordering aspects of it and just being able to see it from that side. It's, it's, it's amazing how much is out there. My God, I I have so many games still from then that there, I'll, there are games up there that I've never opened and probably will never play, especially now that this, you know, the Backstreet Boys reunion tour is going through town. The crisis. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, can we just call it the crisis on Infinite Earths? Uh, yeah, fine. That's fine. We tagged it the crisis <laughs> during our Marvel episode, so... Oh, that's right. <laughs> We're just going to keep calling it the crisis. Crisis. Okay, that works. <laughs> so, yeah, and um, since I got out of the game, I, I've been kind of keeping up on it. I, I still game from time to time. Again, like I said, you know, with the whole crisis going on and real life, it's kind of hard to get a good board game going but i mean 
there the the I still well we'll get in we'll get into it later, but one of the talking points I'm gonna want to talk about is the best place to get board games, and mm-hmm. that's Kickstarter. No, oh, okay, all right. Well, we'll, we'll we definitely will d- dig into that. Yeah, I'll say um I started really young without realizing I was starting really young from as long as I can remember, like back when I was in like kindergarten and stuff, like every night when I was home and family was home, I always wanted to have board game night. Like anytime that we were just sitting around, I always like, Hey, let's play some board games. Let's play some board games. I wanted to play all the things that every kid played, you know, the trouble monopoly, junior mouse trap, you know, all those clue, all those Milton Bradley. We didn't have monopoly junior. (laughs) We had full grown monopoly and five year olds (laughs) played it too. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and then um eventually that turned into a slight pokemon addiction uh the trading card game specifically oh yeah i didn't even touch on trading card Mm -hmm. good lord and pokemon turned into Yu-Gi-Oh. um and i didn't take that last step Yu-Gi-Oh never turned into magic for me like it did for a lot of kids good man Um, good man I quit after Yu-Gi-Oh, at least until much later in life. Very recently, I got into Keyforge. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> but, you, got a, you got a bah out of Mike. <laughs> but after, after I kicked the Yu-Gi-Oh habit, I then joined the U.S. Navy and met a bunch of guys who were playing uh, D&D and stuff down in the mess halls, which led to me meeting you brad and then you introduced me to games like munchkin lunch money flux stuff like that those are like my fucking staples right there (laughs) (laughs) so that started a whole new habit and now i have several cabinets in my home filled with boxes that i have purchased at different friendly local game stores and online and things like that conventions which i did bring up kickstarter but yes shop local shop local yeah but yeah, it started a whole new addiction, and since then, I've you know been organizing not organizing my own game nights on and off. Obviously, not right now with the crisis going on, but up until the crisis was going on all last year, I had a regular Sunday game night where we'd get together and play all kinds of different stuff until we bought Betrayal Legacy, and then we were pretty much only playing Betrayal Legacy. That's and true. then right before the crisis started I, we actually started playing a game that i got on kickstarter that it helped kickstart called uh depths of durangar i think it was but basically it's a game that's played entirely in the dark except for one person who gets to have night vision camera um it's it's kind of neat i can go into the more more into that later but yeah that's kind of my my history all right buckle uh-huh. up kids <laughs> <laughs> this is why I went and jumped in first because I knew I knew we were gonna get a nice one with Mike here. It's not that exciting. It's a little. Exciting. No, it's just but we're now... for a long ride, is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> like like everyone else, I I played the the, the normal kid games because that's kind of all you had. Mostly your roll and move, whatever game, Monopoly, Clue. Uh, we always said we trade, we played Mousetrap, but I don't think anyone ever put the old school one together and had it work. Well, back we then it was just like a, it was literally a mousetrap at the end, right? And you had to put your finger right. in it. Yeah, you had to get, you had to get the token out, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, Rick don't know those days. Uh-uh, no. Nah. <laughs> it's all colorful plastics for me. <laughs> <laughs> the mousetrap was but, made completely of diecast metal for us. 
but through uh, it, it seemed like through most of my teen and high school years, I resisted getting into games. Like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And I would play a game here or there, but didn't get into it too much. And then right, well, right around the 2000-ish mark when I met Brad, we, we did meet the Raw Deal. You guys kept showing me Raw Deal, and I kind of played it, but I wouldn't go full in on it. Holy shit. Yeah, I forgot all about Raw Deal. I mean, there was always little games here or there that I would pick up, but Raw Deal was kind of the close one, but I still didn't get into it. And then I don't really know how it happened, but then I ended up really obsessed with board games. Oh, I have because I was really wanting to I was really wanting to know that part of the story. <laughs> I can't I can't really explain it. It's just like I just I gave up. No, no, that's yeah, that's look, I mean sure. Look, I gave up resisting and and, and started, you know, playing more games, uh with the internet talking to different people that made games and just through a random uh Facebook um ask, I ended up being on the demo team for CGE. That was fun. Um, in Origins, that was I can't remember when that was four, four or five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the next year after, I was on the demo team for Renegade Games. Mm. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I made a lot of friends and contacts through that. Uh, I still talk to today, and and then got really into just kind of following the industry. Um, and I have a problem with board games. This might be an intervention, or it should be. I have a problem. <laughs> Which, by the way, um, I guess now is the best time. Um, Mike, we're your friends. We all love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What a horrible way to do an intervention. <laughs> we're going to get you together on a podcast talk. <laughs> well, we're recording I, this whole thing. <laughs> I know recently I was recording my games, just trying to get a list of what I have and what I've played, what I haven't played. And when it got... When I passed 175, I just stopped. I didn't even try. I, was like, I walked out of that store with all the fucking demo games. There's no way I'm I'm going to try to figure out what I have. And then you, like, I, I kind of quit getting games after the store closed. You had to have kept going. Oh, I'm still going. It Well, I can't. I can't. Right. Yeah. Like, do I need to eat or I could get this new game? I, I will say that one point... One point, one bitter point that I have with you, you really let me down. You didn't get on the ELO team, and I'm upset with you about that. Funny I... story with that. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Last year, uh, things kind of fell apart on me, and I wasn't going to get to go to Origins. And I put out some feelers trying to see if I could get on some teams. Come to find out, uh, ELO offered me but I missed the email or we, we missed somehow or another. Of a bitch. Which I'm okay. Cause I would have been stuck with the bunny kingdom table and oh. you know, that would have been. Yeah. But ELO. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know uh, some good friends, so I, possibly in the future. I, I hope to be on that team. I was going to be on a team for a small team out of Canada this year for origins, oh. but you then know, the crisis, the crisis hit. So, this might be a, a weird point to make, but Yellow has the best con bags. Like when you buy stuff at their booth. Wow, like Rick, the, that's a weird bags. point to make. I know, I thought so. <laughs> I still use the bag that I got there from Origins the one time I went. I still use to carry to carry games whenever I go to other people's houses for game night. I, I, I have the, the standard blue uh, 
I can't remember who always gives out the blue bags at like cool stuff? Origins. Oh no no no. Yeah, it's cool. Um, stuff. It's the cool stuff. Oh right. yeah yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I've got like two or three of those too. <laughs> I I have a, a game group that well, we used to be up on Wednesdays, and there's probably between forty to seventy five of us, and we meet up there. Everyone has the blue bags. It's just, <laughs> just blue bags everywhere. You better remember where you put your games. Oh man. I, I will point out too that uh, by the time this podcast is done, there's either we're either going to have a sponsorship or a uh, cease and desist from ELO, <laughs> specifically on me. So you you kind of those guys. God damn, they make good games. They do. Well, especially yeah. having a kid. I mean, good lord, they got great kid games. They have great just adult games. Even the kids' games, I'm fine with playing. Except that one that Lilith whooped our ass in. She's whooped my ass in several games. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about a 10-year-old, anybody listening. She was six at the time. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> my, you weren't going to talk about that. Well, we're about to talk about it. Um, <laughs> my favorite, <laughs> my favorite instance of a six-year-old whooping an adult's ass in a game has still got to be. Uh, was it the Jack the Ripper game? Yeah, letters from Whitechapel. Letters from Whitechapel. Lilith was one of the investigators, and I think Mike was Jack the Ripper at the time, and f- totally fucking got him on the second turn. And it's like, and then the game is not, it, it's a it's a bit of skill. And yeah, mm-hmm. she got him totally by chance. It was totally by chance. But oh my God, she was so fucking happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> she, she talks about it to this day. <laughs> I, I, I was so mad at that moment. The wife, she's in the other room and she said, that's true. <laughs> Oh, what a dick. <laughs> she really is. <laughs> Whew, okay, go. That, you know, that game was one of my first obsessions. I love that Letters from White Temple it's game. So we played that. Good. It, it, it's really just hide and go seek. It's really. Yeah, but it, I mean, yeah, but I mean, the, the concept behind it is great. It, it's executed very well. It's, it's so stinking good. That's usually where you get the best games. There's often the disconnect between theme and mechanics. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, this is the theme we want to hit, and this is the mechanics we want to use. And these mechanics don't necessarily play into this theme. But, you know, it's a fun theme. It's fun mechanics. Let's just go play this game. You know, but when the mechanics really play well to the theme, I think that's where you get some of the best games. One game I thought was going to fuck up the whole theme to mechanics thing Mm-hmm. Every time they released a new theme was Munchkin. Every oh, yeah. time they released a new theme, I, I thought they were this was this was it. There's no way they're gonna get to make this work. And mm-hmm. yet they did. Oh yeah. Like the, the Marvel Munchkin is by far my favorite munchkin they put out. And I was like, there's no way this is gonna fucking work. Yeah, that's my favorite one. It's so good. I think because it, it is the least munchkin of the munchkin games. Yes, it is. I'll give you that. Yep. I haven't played that particular one. I mean, my favorite Munchkin right now is uh, the Apocalypse, but uh, oh, that's fucking harsh. I like it. I, I like it a lot. It's good, but, but it's fucking hard. Oh yeah, man. I love it. I love the vault 
doors, like the whole thing. I, I love it, but uh, you know, I also haven't played the Marvel one, so who knows? Maybe once I play the Marvel one, that'll immediately become my new favorite. Yeah. Yep. Next time, next time you come up, come up, because uh, Mike got me the Infinity Gauntlet for it, so we should be good yeah. to go. Nice. The, it's that, instant win. Let me tell you, that was hard. I need oh, that wait, one promo. Did you get it? Yeah, that took. Oh us, yeah, that thanks. Took I owe almost, you chapstick, by the way. That took me almost like two years to get that thing. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, because I was asking for like two, years, and I was asking everybody. I was asking everybody. Is like if you go to a con, get it, and I will pay you in whatever way you want. And I winked at him when I said it. <laughs> so. I remember it was like it was one of the years at Origins, and I I just got there early before everybody else. And I'm like, do you have it? I'm like, uh, yeah, but yeah, they're like, good. Can I get two? <laughs> <laughs> and now, now they're like, oh come on. I'm like, no, no, no really. <laughs> I promise you, it's for a good reason. But yeah, that uh, yeah, theme theme versus the system is, is a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of games that just kind of fall short because they just seem like they want to pump out a product. Yeah. So I know uh, with with me, um, hmm. if you put Jaws on something, I'm going to buy. <laughs> it just, it's just just how I am, and I've accepted that. And last year they released Jaws the board game, and uh, I was like, well, I'm going to buy it either way. So whatever. And you buy, it, and then you realize that the theme and and the mechanics, which is Similar to the uh, Letters from Whitechapel game, kind of hidden movement, and, and someone's the shark, and everyone else is chasing the shark. It works. Like, yeah, this wow, this is a really good game now. And, and and referencing our last podcast, the video game podcast, we mm-hmm. know very well that sometimes Jaws doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> well, well, to be clear, our last podcast, just in release order, our last podcast is Jim Henson. Right. In reference to our last podcast, Jim Henson, <laughs> Jaws doesn't work. No, no, I take that back. A Muppet Jaws would be fucking great. But yeah, I would pay to see the Muppet Jaws. Absolutely. I would be there on opening night in the theater. To see me, Muppet I'm thinking Jaws. about crowdfunding it right now. <laughs> Getting on GoFundMe right now. Jim Henson's company is going to be so pissed. Oh, wait, that's Disney. Disney is going to be so pissed. Oh, God, no, I don't want Disney pissed at me. Never mind. Shutting down the GoFundMe. (laughs) (laughs) They'll disappear me forever. You'll get snapped. Oh, Jesus. Um, But no, I'm I'm, I'm actually glad to hear that about the Jaws board game, because, yeah, I I seriously have my doubts about it when I heard about it. So, yeah. Well, normally that was the kiss of death. If you put a a, a big uh, you know, IP on something on a game, it was terrible. Yeah, it was just terrible. And then if it's in a big box store, it's also terrible. Right. That has not really been the trend. Well, recently. yeah, you know, let's let's well beaten on that one. And and yeah, I I, I kind of want to touch on that since you brought it up. Big box stores. I mean, I'm assuming you're talking about like Target. Yeah. What the fuck, Target? I mean, even Walmart. I mean, they're they're not doing as good as Target, but they're even putting out some good games. It's like, what is happening? So, yeah, like but, I said, I think yeah. playing Will Wheaton on that when Will Wheaton started his YouTube show, Tabletop, which or, was, which is a good show. 
Oh yeah, it's it's an excellent show. When I say blame, I'm not saying it in a negative way. Um, right, right, right. So he had a deal with Target, where basically Target would carry whatever game he covered on that show. Huh. So that Target started getting. They had a a tabletop with Will Wheaton section, and they'd start carrying those games that he was covering on his show. Now, when he got that sponsorship deal with Target, like it meant. <clears throat> he had to play some games that they wanted him to play and like the games he wanted to play had to be cleared through them. And it was a whole thing. But then, you know, you have your stores like Walmart, they turn around and they see target turning a profit with these games. And of course they're going to start carrying those games. And I will say that it it was always a constant source of frustration as a business owner, a small business owner. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That they were doing that because I mean, you know, everybody goes there. <clears throat> and if they can just go there while they're doing their regular shopping, then there's no need to go to a little specialty store, especially when they can afford to sell it cheaper. Yeah. But still, I mean, even then, as a consumer, I can definitely see the convenience of all that. And sure. Oh, my gosh. I was even at Walmart not that long ago picking up some uh, crisis supplies, you know, wearing my mask and keeping <laughs> my six feet like I'm supposed to. But uh, they had a set of RPG dice, like it was a little box, and you got three set, three full poly sets, and it was only seven bucks. And you got three full poly sets of dice for seven bucks at 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 Walmart. You know what I mean? Like they're they're carrying everything now. Yeah, I've seen you can buy the the D and D books and sets there, which is Wait, crazy. I'd... Are you telling me I can go to Walmart, get my player's handbook, a carton of eggs, and a shotgun? Jeez. I don't know if Walmart actually carries the player's handbook. I know Target does. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I've seen I've if... seen it not not all the time, but they they do have it occasionally in the gotcha. Target. You know, and Target actually uh, set up a deal with Prospero Hall, and they had exclusive games. They would have the exclusive yeah. games mm-hmm. for I think forty five or ninety days, and then uh, your local game stores could get them. But you know, or they had Target exclusive versions. Like, I remember, I've seen a couple of games where it's like, you know, you can get the game anywhere, but, like, if you buy it here at Target, it's exclusive box art with, like, a nice little extra pack of cards in it or something that you can only get at Target. Yeah. Yeah, and they they really had a big hit with the Disney Villainous. I don't know if you've played that. But, you know, just playing off the Disney Villains and then the exclusiveness and, uh, you know, and it being a good game was a big hit for target i've heard good things about that game yeah even yeah even neil patrick harris released his own tabletop box game and it was exclusive at target yeah (laughs) yeah entirely different climate than like we were oh yeah oh yeah again i keep bringing it up but that climate had just started to change as soon as i started running that game store yeah it just wasn't the timing time yeah yeah, you, you, yeah. Well, there was a we had that going on. Kickstarter was starting to get popular. Oh my God, Kickstarter! And then the the great Dice Masters debacle. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> I still Dice think that Masters, game is really it's fun. It's a great. It was a great game. It it it. I don't think it was sustainable, but it was still a great game. Mm-hmm. Well, what was? For you know the the dice masters is it was brand new at the time, and 
it, it wasn't going to be a magic killer, but for the wolf, it was a lot of the, the magic players already had their place. They played magic. They would come mm -hmm. to the wolf and play as well. But, but with dice masters, it was new and it was working well for the wolf. People yeah. come and play in the new sets. We were running tournaments. It was starting to go pretty well. And then uh, they had a problem with the shipment of, of dice. I don't know if that was the tanker that got oh, lost was, at sea. Or... I was about to say, I've, I've heard so many stories. There, there was like a train derailment. There was <laughs> there was a tanker lost at sea. And I, I'm, I'm here for all of them. I, all of it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't dice master dice, but I do remember reading a article about a truck that overturned, like a semi truck. You know what? It was that too. It was that. And it was completely full of d sixes. Yep. And like it was just standard d sixes, but like you know, it might as well have been dice master like, dice. That's... What what did they say? It was like uh, truck overturns with like a million d sixes, forty seven thousand five hundred and thirty six damage dealt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the dice masters thing was was it really had kind of held a, held the wolf back anyway because yep. they went almost nine months without a new Not set. A, yeah, and that was the killer. You you still had the old stuff, but without the new stuff, interest goes away. Yeah. yeah. So they kept yeah. releasing promos and they did a few other things, but it's the sets people wanted sets and it didn't exist. Yep. It, <clears throat> But Kickstarter. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about yeah. Kickstarter. I, it's overwhelming. Kickstarter's a gamble. It, it no, it is. I will give you that. But one of my favorite games was like what the first um, one of the first things I ever used Kickstarter for was a game called Santorini, mm -hmm. and that that's probably one of my favorite games that I own. Now, granted, I'm a little biased because of the subject matter. But it's a good game, and uh, yeah, that was that was pretty early on. But people were really starting to get into the board games at that point. But Kickstarter's really there's there's even some bigger companies that have gotten board games started on Kickstarter, isn't there? Well, if yeah, I'm not well, mistaken, like my memory doesn't betray me. The first game that I ever uh, backed on Kickstarter was a little game called Betrayal at the House on Haunted Hill. Yep, That's and. That one has since been picked up by, I don't think it's, it was originally started by, but that has since been picked up by uh, Avalon Hill and then subsequently Wizards of the Coast, if I am remembering correctly. Yeah, yeah, that game's still still very popular with a new version coming out this fall, the Scooby-Doo version. Oh. oh my God, stop, no. Oh, you didn't know? No. Uh, shut up and take my money. I yeah. mean, I will. <laughs> I mean, that was the game that they used to, um, people would make their own little Scooby-Doo figurines because it just mm -hmm. fits so well. So now that was an official Scooby-Doo. I've, yeah. I've got Betrayal at the House on Haunted Hill. I've got Betrayal at Boulder's Gate. I've got Betrayal Legacy. I've got the Widow's Walk expansion. I mean, I. as long as they keep coming up. What's that? You're a bit of a fan is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Betrayal, like, I mean, like, I'm sure we're going to talk about this later. What, what, what's your favorite or whatever? But, like, Betrayal is obviously top of the list for me. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I think it was, as far as big companies going, Seabon, um, cool mini or not, there's one, they kind of started doing Kickstarter for, like, pre-orders. Mm -hmm. And, 
using the Kickstarter money, you know, just to kind of reserve the game. And then they would release additional copies. But uh, with all the costs going into making all the miniatures and everything their games and, uh, right. had, sure. they, they yeah. really went that, went that range. And uh, other games have followed that use minis. I know uh, Renegade Games use Kickstarter for their um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers game that had a lot of miniatures. So did they ever, did they ever just kind of make it you know, really, they're going to make the game regardless. Really want to. Did they ever release that dark souls game? I know there are several dark souls games. I don't know if they released the one you're talking about. They had, they had one on Kickstarter and the miniatures were beautiful. If this is the same game I'm thinking of, but like I've known people that had it ordered, but it was like two years later, they still never had it. Mm-hmm. That's always a price you pay with with Kickstarter. You you hope they mm-hmm. come on time, and mm-hmm. uh, especially right now in our crisis times, you know. Do you want to? I have a couple games that um, I have backed and were supposed to deliver in July. Oh. I've already been told it's going to be August. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, how, how is you this going to affect it? You never know what hiccups they're going to run into, what unseen disasters they'll run into, especially if you're an early backer too, like before they've started manufacturing. The game I was telling you about before, the Depths of Durangar or, or whatever its name is, they, the game played entirely in the dark. I backed that when it was still in the concept stage. And the guy had to figure out where he could get cheap enough night vision cameras in order to put in there, how he was going to do the miniatures, how he's going to do the LED bases for each of the miniatures, you know, what he was going to do for a non-reflective material for the board, because if he did it in like the glossy plastic, it would have reflected light too much. And then you could see, you know, the players could see where they were going outside of their, you know, miniature bases. And so I think, let's see, I backed that game in like 2012 and I just got it late last year. Wow. So <laughs> yeah, but I will say like, once we actually got our hands on it, the components are really good. Like a lot of thought was put into it, you know, um, yeah, it, it it is really good. Yeah, and and it's always great when it pays off. I I mean, luckily I've only done the one game and it came out great. So my experience has been overwhelmingly overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I also know that there's people out there that will kickstart a game that says it's going to come out in July and then they get it July thirty first and they still throw a fit because they say it's late. And, you you know the people who are mildly yeah. inconvenienced and it ruins yeah. their entire life. The Karens of tabletop gaming. Oh my god. Oh my god. The Karens of tabletop. That sounds like that should be like a fucking game in and of itself. <laughs> uh, somebody copyright that real quick. <laughs> uh, wait, as long as we post this podcast, it's technically our intellectual property, right? Uh, there we go. Yep. Awesome. Anybody who wants to, um, we're gonna say, I want to say, right? Anyone who wants to can go ahead and make that game. We just want like five percent. Give five percent off the off the top. Put me in the and, game. Yeah. That's all I care about. I'll be working <laughs> on a. I'll be working on the prototype tonight. Right. So. <laughs> which, which I, I do have to say, that's a, that's another thing that um, uh, Mike brings to the table. Not not so much me, but Mike actually has not gotten them published. But you've developed a few games, right? I've got a few. I've got a, a few. I, I think I will never be happy with them. 
that's where I've come to the points and I've designed them. I'm like, eh, no one's going to like this. So it just goes on the shelf. And then I bring it down and tinker with it. And then it goes back and, or randomly, uh, I just get woke up in the middle of the night with an idea for a, a Tiger King dice game. And I just make it in four hours. So I, right, right. it's just, I don't know. It's a, it's an addiction or something. I, I still think that we should uh, really give that Loch Ness monster game a chance. Um, yeah. Cause that, that seemed to be working out pretty well. Yeah, and, it, um, I just and kept that, playing with it, and playing with it. Then I realized I had invented uh, roulette. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, then it, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, but I do, I do enjoy uh, tinkering with, with games. And but you know, back to Kickstarter, the thing that really gets everyone is you back the game, and you, you know you're going to get the game for a reasonable price, mm-hmm. probably what they're going to sell it for. But if everyone is backing the game, it's all those exclusives. Oh, yeah. And exclusives. Oh, yeah, that's all the extras. Yeah. And, and you can get it all cheap and free at some point. You, know, you you can pay the base price for a game and get all the expansions sometimes. That, that was that was the cool thing about uh, the Santorini that I got. I, I just paid for the game, right? I, I just, well, I, I just got a version of the game, but I got it pretty early, so... As more people backed it, they started adding on more things. So I That's started cool. getting more stuff mm-hmm. just by having paid this amount. And it was I love like, them stretch goals. Yeah, it's like this is awesome. So yeah, I got like a couple expansions. I got like the deluxe version of the like the white box version of the game. <clears throat> it's good stuff. I've only ever had one bad experience with Kickstarter, and it wasn't even bad that they mismanaged their Kickstarter or anything like that. It's just once I actually got my hands on the game, I just hated it. Like, I thought it was going to be my favorite game just because of theme alone. Like, it was called Machina Arcana, and it was, like, this steampunk game where you got, like, a character sheet, and, like, it was a board game, and it had different maps, and, like, you got to move around and pick up different stuff, and it all sounded really cool. And then once I got my hands on it and, like, the novel of a rule book that it came with, I was like... If I'm gonna put this much work into something, I'm just gonna play uh, a a role playing game, like a, I think you something. Just hurt your feelings really bad. So that that guy that developed that game is gonna watch this podcast, and he's like, oh. <laughs> oh no, he's he's fine. Like it was a it was a very successful Kickstarter. They're already working on a sequel. Like you know, he is not <laughs> he's, hurting. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, he is not. He does not care about the opinion of one guy who tried his game and didn't like it. Like, I mean, <laughs> was... you don't know. It can be sensitive. That's the thing with board games. Sometimes you will uh, like the theme and the idea of the game, and you just buy it. You don't research it. You just buy it. You get it home, and boy, I just bought $45 worth of crap. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That was me. That was me when I bought Arkham Horror. I I got it. It was like 70 bucks. I got it home, and I looked at everything I had, and I cried. And I popped everything out. And I got all the decks separated. And I'm like, okay, other person who's with me, let's do this. Let's let's play this game. And like an hour later, we're like, no. <laughs> it finally took two years later for me and another friend of mine to decide that we are going to play this game. We watched YouTube for like an hour <laughs> watching other people play this game. We read over that rule book over and over and over again. And finally, we just laid it all out. And we're like, okay, we're going to do this. 
and it ended up being like one of the easiest games to win I, I've ever played. As long as everybody is working together, you're going to win that game. <laughs> yeah, we had a uh, similar experience with the Firefly game. You remember oh, that? We sat down and, and played. We just, we're going to figure this game out. We're going to figure it out. And six hours later, we we got that game figured out. It's a it's a good game. It's yeah. a fun game. Boy, that's a long game. It, it's, I own it's, that game. I've still not opened the box it, once. It's Space <laughs> Truckers, the game. That's all. It is. It's Space Truckers, the game. Well, there's there's a there's a yellow game that is Space Truckers as uh -huh. well, isn't there? I think that's what it's called, isn't it? That's, it might uh, be. CGE has Space Truckers. Oh. It's actually not a pickup and delivery game. It's actually a ship building game. And but yeah, the yeah, the, the fireflies just pick up and deliver. Very simple. Boy, it's long. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's real long. But it's good. Yeah. I was surprised how good it was, actually. I was waiting for it to be just meh. And I was right. also still in the, the early days of if it had a popular IP. You just didn't think it was going to be any good at all. Yep. It's yeah. crazy how that translates straight from like video games to tabletop games. You know, we, we talked about this in our video game episode where like, you know, if it was based on a movie, you just knew it was going to be a bad game and vice versa. And now, I mean, like the movie companies are trying to make the movies based off of tabletop games and they're terrible. Now, there are good ones from way back in the day. I mean, the movie based off of Clue is an excellent movie. You're right. That was great. Mm -hmm. But the one, and it's not a board game, but the one that was based off of D&D &D was trash. The one actually called Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah. yeah that was that was terrible. And, and, if, and if you think about it, that should have been the easiest movie to make. Yeah. Yeah. You want a good D&D &D movie? I say go watch Your Highness. Oh yeah, it's not it's not a D and D movie, but no, like but every D and D campaign I've ever run has ended up like that movie at some point in time. Right, right. So you go you go look at uh oh call the con wait no crawl you look at crawl and that's how you always picture your D and D game going, mm -hmm. but now go to your highness and that's how they always go. Yep. So <laughs> two, two great D and D movies, I guess. <laughs> I cannot, I cannot add to the D and D conversation. No, 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 Mike hates it, but I get it. I get it. D and D is a game with no boundaries. There's, yeah. there's just, it's too open, open ended. Uh, yeah. I'm assuming just a sandbox game is just not for you. Generally, no. I, I, I need rules and structure. Um, it, it took. Well, you know, if you go based on the, the like video games. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 took me two years to get through the main story. Oh my god, it's so you're it right. It's a great it's a great story, but I just get I need a, a simple goal and I get distracted, I get aggravated I just want my goal and go to this, well, this, this, which is why I like board games because you have your rules, you have your, your objectives and that's what you do. Well D&D &D has come out with some really good and some really terrible board games as well. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, speaking of, I believe you like one of those, don't you, Mike? The Lords of Waterdeep. I love Lords of Waterdeep. Lords of Waterdeep. I actually, great. I've been playing quite a bit of that here recently till the crisis hit. Uh, you ready for this shocker? I have still never played it. 
I think we set you up a couple times. Did you? Like, yeah, we had a place set for you and all ready to go, and then the store would get busy. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's exactly what happened. It was once. You guys had it out once, and I think another time we were like, all right, we're going to go ahead and play it, and then we didn't get it set up, but things started getting busy, and you guys were like, well, since you can't play, we're going to skip to something else. So, yeah. yeah it's it, it's, a, it's a good, it's a simple simple game really um i remember i was playing with some friends at a, a a charity event and we were all playing it and it all established players who played a full game of water deep in 45 minutes and we were all proud of the fact that we got the game in under an hour <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah. what's your what's your favorite tabletop game like what do you and not even just what's your favorite favorite tabletop game but like you know what do you what do you pull out the most you know, if you're going to have people over, and you, what do you hope that you're going to end up playing that night? Uh, for me, it's Clank. Um, Fucker. I love Clank. I have all the expansions. I have a group set up to play Clank Legacy if this crisis will ever end. <laughs> oh, but, they did a yeah. Legacy version. Yes, yeah. They have, yeah, they have a Legacy version with, uh, I wasn't familiar with them, but you may be uh, the Acquisitions Incorporated podcast. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a D and D ish type thing. Uh, uh, actually, they... we, don't, we don't listen to other podcasts. That's Screw you! I love that. Look, I'm not familiar with. Half the reason I agreed to call this podcast Casters Guild is because Acquisitions Incorporated likes to buy up guilds, and I am ready for our takeover. Like, go ahead, buy us. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, no. I'll, I'll sell out in a second. Just, mm-hmm. I'll just let that be known right now. But no, they they have uh, paired up with them, and that that is where the Clank Legacy come with. I, so I, yeah, I'm I'm excited to play it if I ever get to you know see people again. Yeah, I'm fucking uh, here for that because I'm a I'm a Clank whore myself. Yeah, Clank, and it. they they just announced a new expansion today. They they've started releasing characters. So you play the game as a character. You have your own individual starting deck, and mm-hmm. uh, they re- they release like the Monkey Bot. If you're familiar with the card, is going to be a character, and um, Mr. Whiskers, the little cat, is going to be a playable character. It'll be their third expansion character pack, and they're expanding the game to six players, which I can't imagine a six-player game of Clank. But yeah, that's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's such so, a good game, yeah. though. I have faith in it. Clank, Clank's a, a good one, and Baron Park. I love spatial games, so you're, you're building a, a bear park. So that's always a, a good one. And I'm, I'm mad that you've never played that game with me, Mike. <laughs> yeah. we, went, we went to the zoo, Mike. I know. Went, we saw the bear movie. We saw the, well, you saw the bear movie afterwards. <laughs> I Yeah, I saw all of the bear movie. You saw some of the bear movie. Lola saw none of the bears. <laughs> it was so comfortable in there. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh shit. No. Well, okay. So your uh, your directives were a little loose, so I'm going to yeah. give you two. Sure. I'm probably um, going to go two as well. So my go-to game. If I was to have people over, especially if they don't really game that much, is Flux. Okay. Flux is my absolute go-to. It's great because when they say, well, I don't know how to play, 
all you have to say is you learn the rules as you go, literally. There's mm -hmm. one rule when you start, no way to win the game yet. Just fucking play it and you're good. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's a great game. It's a great game for beginners and it will get people fucking hooked. I, I can guarantee you Mike has seen people get hooked because of Flux. And well, they're, like, they're still making versions of Flux, new versions all the time. Still. It's so good. The Batman Flux. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I basically started because of Munchkin Flux and Lunch Money. That's And, like, Flux, I'll be honest, Flux is the one that got me when, when we played. I was like, after playing Flux, I was like, yes, I want to play more of this. And, yes, I, and I will say that the Batman, the animated series Flux, is probably the best one. It's definitely the best use of Creepers. I love it. But I will say that my all-time favorite quote-unquote board game, using that term loosely, and, and Mike, go ahead and earbuffs. Here, watch my. It's uh, there right <sighs> Okay, I've you know what? I'll tell the story. I still get to play a full game of that. Yeah, Mike <laughs> did. It was horrifying. Um, so, okay, Red Dragon Inn. If you don't know what it is, you it's a four-person game. It's a four-person game for it to be the best kind of game it can be, Mike. And you're playing four adventurers. <laughs> And you've just come back from adventuring, pockets filled with gold, and you go to the tavern, and you drink, and you fight, and you fight, and you drink, and whoever's left standing at the end of the day wins. It's great, especially when you get into character, you, you pick out your character, and there's got to be like at least 87 of them now. And it's all balanced really well, but you get into character and you play. Now, let's strike one. Here's... No, 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 no. You don't have to get into character. It's, I'm not saying you have to, but to those of us who like to role play, it's a good addition. Right. Okay. So here's the thing. Do not play with less than four people. Also, do not play with more than eight. That's the sweet spot. No less than four, no more than eight. Because if you play with 16... <laughs> one of you is getting fucked yeah it was me mike got laid on that table <laughs> and was was mercilessly fucked it was horrifying it, it, it he, you were the you would have been the like the guy to your left was the first person to go <laughs> and and everybody went and you don't get to draw up any cards after you use them so mike is like out of defense cards after like the first two people and everybody's like, oh, oh, he's out of defense cards. Let's just go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh, it oh, was I... bad. It was bad. And they didn't have, it, it didn't even make it to me before he got put out. Oh, snap. And yeah. and it's like, we, we realized the mistake as it was going and we're just like, oh, and we just had to watch this play out, huh? All right. <laughs> <laughs> didn't get a single turn no nope um then, and then there was another guy that almost didn't get a turn but somehow still made it to him that's rough yeah it, 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 the game has scarred me I, i've played it yeah. a few other times and then it just goes on forever it's like oh having, those people those they're people. having fun and they don't want to win the game they're just having fun in character and i'm like just win the damn game yeah just no oh my god no oh oh I was playing a game of Munchkin like that, where they didn't want the game to end. So, 
And it's like, you guys, it's the fucking point. And that's Munchkin. Like they're like, no, I don't want to attack. He's like got one hit point left. One. Do you remember there was a uh, there was an infamous game at uh, at the Wolf of people playing friendly versions of Munchkin, and it was driving us insane. I'm pretty sure that was my game with Dalton and Alex. <laughs> it was killing me. I was getting so mad at Dalton, <laughs> and, I was, and he's just a kid. So I'm just like, okay, I can't get mad at Dalton because he's just a kid. He's a he's a he's he's a really nice kid. I'm not going to get mad. <laughs> I've played games of uh, Machi Koru like that, and I'm like, nobody wanted to win. I'm like, no, this game's going forever. Oh, I do have a, I do have an honorable mention as well. So I guess I'm doing three. Okay. Kaido. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kaido is my honorable mention. I love that game. That game, I don't care if I lose. It's so good. It's, it's so relaxing. <laughs> I have I have gotten to playing Takedo on uh, my phone. The the phone. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that now. Just it, it take is... more away from small business. <laughs> oh, you, we can we, we can get it because we have the game. Well, right. Takedo actually released for free on the Google yeah. Play Store not that long ago. And so, yeah, I definitely downloaded it. And so now I've even played it a few times. Do you own a physical copy of the game? No. All right. Here comes a guild decree. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, yeah, that could be my guild decree. Buy local. That's the preferred way. Even over Kickstarter. I'll I'll say that. Even over Kickstarter. If your local store doesn't have what's on Kickstarter, then by all means do it. But which they won't because the game hasn't come out yet. So. Well, well, yeah, but, but what I'm saying is, you know, if the only way to get it is Kickstarter, then yeah, go to Kickstarter. But if you have an option of buying it from Amazon or getting it from a local game store, even if it's more expensive from that local game store, get it from that local game store. You're paying, you're helping a family eat. You're helping mm-hmm. a family pay its rent. You're you're not giving another chunk of money to a billionaire. It's so. freaking Chet Bezos. Um, and like, you know, even if you want a more self-serving reason than that, like even if you're not trying to be altruistic and feed another family, like when you buy games at a friendly local game store, those sort that sort those sort of funds perpetuate the hobby. You know what I mean? It's not just to, if you buy a game from Amazon, that's just a skew number to them. They don't care what they're selling. It's just a skew to them. If you buy it at a friendly local game store, they see the gaming trends they report those gaming trends to the gaming companies. You know what I mean? Like you are perpetuating the hobby and making sure that we keep getting good games from now on. If you buy from friendly local game stores. Yep. And that, and that also goes into the whole, let's go back to the whole no gatekeeping because the more people we have in the hobby, the more they're mm-hmm. going to want to put out new stuff, the more stuff we're going to get in our hands. And I don't care how cool these new people are. Uh, as long as there's more of them and I get more stuff, I don't care. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I used to be the coolest nerd on the block for the longest time. Not anymore. <laughs> so, uh, my favorite games, my games I like to pull out, uh, I've already kind of given a bit of a spoiler. I love Betrayal. Like I said, I've got Betrayal at the House on the Hill. I've got Betrayal at Boulder's Gate. I've got the Widow's Walk expansion for the original. I was playing Betrayal Legacy all the way up until the crisis. I just love that game. And... What I love about it is you can play it whether you are brand new to the hobby or if you've been playing tabletop games forever. 
I mean, it's very, just like you said with Flux, it's very easy to explain the rules of betrayal when you're first starting because it, it happens in two halves. Yeah. And that first half, it's really easy to explain the rules. It's like, just look at this card. You've got that many spaces of movement. Once you draw a card, you can stop moving. And we're just trying to explore this house. That's yeah, it. It seems intimidating at first, mm-hmm. but really you're going to be shocked at how simple it is. You're going and to think then, you're playing it wrong. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then by the time you reach that second half, which the second half is when some of the more complicated starts stuff comes in, by the time you reach that second half, you've learned how to play the game. Through, like, drawing cards and rolling dice and things like that, you've learned how to play the game by the time you reach that second half. So, like, you play that game one time, you know how to play it. And no matter how many times you play that game, every time you play that game, that game's going to be different. You know, depending on what room you draw what card in, you've got a different enti- different game entirely, different objective, different way the game works. And then even if you end up with that same game, depending on who is playing which side of that game or how that house got set up in the first half, entirely different experience. Yep. So I, I just love that game and it, it, the whole idea behind it. And it's just so good. I could, we could probably have, an entire podcast on betrayal and it would just be me talking for two hours. Like no one else would get to say anything. Honestly, once the crisis is over, I probably wouldn't mind doing maybe a special episode where we just kind of get together and actually play a game of some kind. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have some let's play episodes. I think my second one, since you had two will be dice throne. Well, because you had two. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm going to get, and I'm going to get my honorable mention. You just wait. Definitely, um, I had three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I said, and I'm going to get my honorable mention. You wait. Dice Throne is a game I got on Kickstarter because I thought the concept was really cool. And it's basically D&D Yahtzee. Um, you have your set of six dice. You play a character. I usually like playing the Fire Mage, but there's like a mage, there's a paladin, there's a rogue, there's uh, a fighter, there's a ranger. And basically depending on what dice you roll, you're trying to get the same kind of things you get in Yahtzee. Either, you know, like all of one number, a full house, a straight, two of a kind, three of a kind, that sort of thing. You can do different powers and fight the other people at the table with those powers. And the entire time that's going on, you've also got a deck of cards that you're drawing from. And that kind of works a little deck buildery because every turn you're getting a little bit more points that you can use to spend those cards on. And you can those those cards to upgrade your abilities and do one-time things to other players. Super fun game. So I'm realizing how much of a bad idea this podcast was. Because now all I want to do is <laughs> fucking play these games. <laughs> I'm thinking like I'm thinking of games I haven't thought about. I have forgotten more games than a lot of people even ever know. I, I I've never said that unironically before. I legit have forgotten more games than some people know. Yeah. And you're like reminding me of games that I've forgotten about. It's like, oh God, I missed that game. I want to play that now. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And I this is no the wrong to time to be this. doing it. Like if, if it weren't for the crisis, <laughs> like we'd be recording this episode. We all would have met up at one house. We'd be sitting around a table with some mics, be recording this episode. And after the episode was done, we'd break out some board games. Oh but my God. Like, the, this episode specifically, oh, we would have been up all night. Oh, yeah. 
but like because of the crisis we're just kind of stuck now we just kind of we're all going to turn off our computers and then like charlie brown sad walk like off to our beds have you guys done any solo board gaming uh yeah actually i'm yeah. gonna talk about that one right after i talk about my honorable mention um my honorable mention will be sentinels of the multiverse and since it's my honorable mention i won't go too far into it but i really like that game but i've never played that one correctly i want to play it correctly it's a lot of fun and you can play it solo you can play it by yourself you can play it solo a lot uh, just like a lot of other deck builders you can play solo like i have found myself playing uh scott Bil scott pilgrim's precious little card game solo quite a bit mike you know how you feel about like D D and uh red dragon in yeah <laughs> like i mean let's not go into specifics but you know that that feeling that you have in your heart when those words are mentioned just just focus on that feeling for a second okay <laughs> i watch you ready dungeons and dragons red dragon in now you feel that right there yeah, you feel that yeah yeah it's that's there. what i just felt when he said sentence <laughs> of the multiverse i knew that was coming i knew it was coming <laughs> I think me and you have have had the similar problem with the same game, but not at the same time. You're probably, yeah. I uh, I love that game though. I do. I, I like it a lot. Well, that's the thing. I've I've had I've known so many people that like that game, enjoy that game. In my experience, was it good? So I'm thinking something was wrong when we played it. But here's the thing, Mike. That game. Um, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna play this character. Because he seems cool. And this person was like, well, you know what? I'm going to play this character because he looks cool. We all pick characters that we thought was cool. And then not even realizing that you have to pick specific characters if you want to win this particular game. I have had a very different experience. Well, you played it wrong. Because i that's exactly <laughs> how I pick my characters. I pick my characters based on who I think, who I think looks cool. Or like... When I sit down to play this game with people, because I've bought several expansions for this game, I have a lot of the heroes. And I'll just ask them, who's your favorite superhero? And depending on who they say, if there's a hero that's anything like that hero, I'll hand them that hero. And we'll go in with that team. And like, you know, no, we won't win every time. But like, you know, what, what, what good is a game if you win every time? Like, you know what I mean? There's got to be some sort of challenge to it. But like, you know, we win, I'd say, more than half the time. Okay, so when we played, we we picked our characters, but then to, and I think this is in the rules, I'm not sure, but we randomized everything else. Mm -hmm. We randomized the setting, we randomized the villain, and then I think there was another thing. We... There is, yeah, there's the setting, the villain, and um, what is the other one? I forget what the other one is, but yeah, you're you're right. But anyways, every time we played, we didn't even come close to winning. We were wiped every fucking time. We're like, are we doing this wrong? Mm. And then we would look online and it was these people and it was different. Well, it wasn't even just this one group of people because we would go to another group of people on YouTube. Again, it was the it was the friend that helped me learn how to play Arkham Horror. But we would go to these different channels and everybody was playing the same group every time. That's no fun. It was crazy. And yeah. it yeah, I mean, especially with a game like that that touts all these different characters, why would you make it so unbalanced that they can't have the chance of winning every time? My In my experience, the only time, if you really want to win, you have to work together. 
And that's the only the only thing. It's like I've had to have you can't have anybody want to step out and be that spotlight hero. You are going in as a team of superheroes and you have to work together. Like you don't have to play the card that's best for you. You have to play the card that's best for the team. And I've had played with some players that weren't down with that concept. And we've lost because of that. And they're like, oh, it's just because, like, you know, my character wasn't built for it. And it's like, no, you could have played this this way and it would have been better for the team. You know, you could have given bonuses to us all instead of giving bonuses to you. And, like, we would have won. But, right. like... No, well, we even did We even did that. There, there was, yeah. like, a character that was providing bonuses, but they had to be providing bonuses and not doing any kind of, like, attacking or anything. So this person pretty much just sat there and was like, okay, well, I'll just do this. Okay, I'll do this. Okay, I'll do this. And helped out a lot and was actually the last person alive because they weren't taking any attacks. But once they were the last person alive, yeah. they stood no chance. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry you've had that experience with it. I was Like I said, my experience has been very different. I've been able to play different characters just about every time. And I've, ha I've had a lot of fun with the game. Well, Hopefully someday you can sit down with me and we'll play it and you'll have a different experience. Well, all right, but Mike has to agree <laughs> to sit down to Red Dragon Inn. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you don't have to play D&D, &D, Mike, but Red Dragon Inn with four people, that's it. All right. Four. All right. Only, only four. Oh, yeah, four, no. No, I think <laughs> it's my opinion four people is the best. It and, is and the best have, way to play the game. And you have to try and win the game. Well, yeah, obviously. Uh, I think if, I, I think if we get this group right, if we get the casters guild together to play these games, I think we'll have oh a yeah, good time. Just the three of us, and we'll throw Parker in. Yeah. Uh, does it have to be Parker? No. <laughs> I'll bring my wife. It'll be fine. <laughs> oh my god! You know, he listens. You know, he he's a guild member too, and when he's not when he's not in the guild hall, he uh, he listens to the podcast, and he he's gonna cry when he. <laughs> Which is specifically why I said that. <laughs> you hear that, Parker? Fuck you. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Look, we no. like the guy. We just didn't Parker. want to play in Red Dragon Inn with this. Christ. Parker, I love you, Parker. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't take you away from all this. <laughs> no, Park, Parker uh, likes the game, and he, he's out for blood when he plays it, so he, he's a perfect addition. We always get Marcus involved. <laughs> So, I, Brad, I've got I have a confession here. You're, you're I'm, I'm glad you're sitting down. Oh, there's yep. a game that I have been playing a lot of recently. Yeah, uh -huh, uh -huh. it's a superhero game, so that shouldn't surprise you. Right, a little bit. It is a magic style game. It is a limited, a living card game. What? Uh, it is Marvel Champions. It is, and it plays spectacularly solo. Right. And the crisis era here, uh, yeah, I've been playing a ton of that game solo. Uh, gotten a few of the expansions, and it's very magic, magic-like. You get the cards in your hand, you pay for them with whatever mana, whatever you want to call it. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's been a, a, it's it's probably the game I've played the most. You know, primarily due to the situations. I've not heard of this game. It came oh, out wait, late no, last year. Oh, late that's last. why I haven't heard of it then. Yeah. Late last year, it's uh, made by Fantasy Flight Games, which means it comes with a whole bunch of tokens, a bunch of different cards. There's a few quite, maples and what? Not quite as many tokens, but <laughs> are the cards a weird size? 
yes, there's five different decks. One of them is teeny tiny. <laughs> so kind of yes to both of those. There is <laughs> there are tokens for like if your character becomes confused and raged or you know one of those typical things that happen to a character, but they're in those little like one by three cards, and there's way more of them than needs to be ever in a game. Yeah, but the, you'll, there's no way you'd ever need that many of those cards. But yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's a fun game. I, I I've enjoyed it. I don't know if I would ever play with like four people like it says you could, because I think you would just get destroyed in two rounds. But uh, solo, it, it, it's a good fun challenge. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. You know, if I ever ever get to see you again, yeah, right? We'll, we'll, we'll actually, I've I've got I still have Lil's birthday present from last year. <laughs> yes, it could probably be her birthday present this year. <laughs> That's a way a good way to save money. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't belated. That was early. That's right. <laughs> oh man, and that. How do you guys feel about? Hmm? Uh, how do you guys feel about the uh, the you mentioned a little bit with that Sentinels game, but the uh, co-op versus competitive games. Where where do you guys? Oh, I'm I'm always a co-op guy. I I I don't know. It, it could be because I'm not good at them, or I just don't like the concept of competing with my friends. But I I have always preferred co-op games to uh, competitive games. Now, in the case of like Betrayal. For some reason, well, Betrayal and Dead of Winter, mm. some reason, I love being the fucking traitor. I don't know why. I, I, I It's so fucking weird. I, I was playing Dead of Winter, and I got three different people kicked out, making up everybody else think that they were the fucking traitor, and I was traitor the whole time. That's why. That's why you love it. You have that. We've talked about this on the podcast before. You have that ability to just make people believe you. You have that innate ability, like no matter. No ma is that good though? <laughs> I don't know if that's good. <laughs> good, bad, take it as you will, but you have it. <laughs> you got it. Now, now that you've said that, I mean, like you kind of took my answer. Like I like, I'd love to say that I prefer co-op games, but honestly co-op games with the trader are actually my favorite type of games. And it's not even just like, I wouldn't say I love being the trader. I love being on either side of the equation. But like betrayal at House on the Hill, Shadows over Camelot, Dead of Winter, these these are some these are my favorite games. I would like to point out though, like you said, you like them being on both sides. I am fundamentally insulted when I'm not the traitor. <laughs> I am offended when I am not given the traitor card randomly. Very angry. I love I love leading the team to victory, and I love pretending that i'm leading the team to victory and instead i'm leading them to ruin i, I love i love both i'm not a huge fan of the, the games with trader um i'll, I'll play them mm -hmm. but mostly because i'm usually the one teaching the game so uh, if there's a trader yeah. mechanic that's an extra set of rules i gotta teach and well I, that's the best yeah. thing about dead of winter you can leave that part out right mm -hmm. right I, but yeah, some so just extra rules, and especially I, I tend to teach games to people that don't play a lot of games. Right. Yeah. So it's just a whole other set of, of things that. But if I, I play with people who know what they're doing, yeah, I, I have no problem with, with that. I I always seem to I can get a co-op game 
to the table a lot easier than I can a competitive game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're playing Pandemic or uh, Horrified or uh, you know, just some co-op game. I, I can get, you know, I think some people don't feel they have to do it all themselves. They, they, get, they have help on their turn. The irony right now, that way, the irony and right now, by the way, is um, Pandemic would be the best game to play right now. <laughs> so yeah. two years yeah. ago, I had a group of guys, and we started playing Pandemic Legacy, and we got about halfway through, and then just our lives happened, and we could not finish it. The only way we were able to finish it was at the beginning of all of this, before the total lockdown. Mm-hmm. We actually had the time in a pandemic to finish pandemic legacy finally get it. <laughs> that's awesome but now now we have season two and we don't have time to play <laughs> so ignore the uh the social closeness right yeah well, we, 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 opposite we of sat down with cameras to hoping maybe we could figure it out but so far we haven't yeah board games are hard yeah you really do need to be there there are some games you can kind of get away with it and uh they do have those uh apps uh board game Arena, Tabletopia, some things on Steam, but it's just it's just not tabletop the same. simulator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are just not the same. I I do find myself like my wife likes to play Ticket to Ride. Oh, that's a good one. And when my wife wants to play Ticket to Ride, we will sit down and play it together on Steam rather than pit, pull out the board just because it's easier setup and cleanup. Yeah, especially with that game. Yeah, have you a lot seen of the little have you seen the thing with, uh, was it Alexa with Thrive? Uh-uh. They have set it up. Uh, I think it's Alexa. Well, it's one of It's got to be Alexa. That she can be a player or she will run the game. Huh. You have to have a physical copy of the game, but. Sure. You, you can have her as an extra player or still keep score and everything. I don't, I don't trust computers playing board games. <laughs> I, I, honestly, the uh, the app version of Catan has ruined me to Catan. I hate Catan. I hate it. I still, to this day, have Rick, never played it. that game. I hate it. I have never played that game. You want to hate like, it? No, I'm good. And don't download the app. <laughs> but like that everybody, game. everybody, what? like when I say I like board games or like I like tabletop games, everybody always brings up Catan, and like that's the one like everyone has played and everyone knows. And I've never played around. Not even one. Mike, what were you about to say? Oh, so uh, Catan is is the game right next to Monopoly that has ended more friendships. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, though, I will have to say that Catan is also, in my opinion, Catan is also the game that really started the whole board game craze that really was ripping through a few years ago. Yeah, it, it came out in, what, 95, mm-hmm. and it came out in 95, Magic came out in 93. Those were the two games that kind of started over here in, in the U.S., uh, playing different games other than your normal roll and move and classic, you know, Clue Monopoly style games. So there, there's different games, and then, then Ticket to Ride comes around in 2004, and so many different versions of that game now. Such a good game, though. It is. It's just so simple. It's, you know, in many ways, it's a lot like Candyland. You know, you just got to get enough of the same color cards and then you can move there. And it's, a, it's a simple mechanic people can enjoy. You know, as I'm teaching games a lot, you realize you have to make it simple. Mm-hmm. And playing things, 
pull bites, and, and if you've never played board games, you'll figure it out, and it's fine. When I uh, teach people clank, the first thing I tell them is, just bear with me as we go through these rules. This is going to sound like a lot. But when you play a turn, it's all going to make sense. And it's going to flow super, but these are things I have to tell you. It's going to sound like a lot, but it's not. As someone who teaches board games to people, what is your, like, if, let's just say you're trying to get people hooked on board games. What would be your go-to game? Oh, um, well, Ticket to Ride's an easy one. Pandemic is an easy one, even before this whole thing. Uh, is a good one. Splendor. Oh, Splendor. Splendor. God damn it, I love that game. Anyways, I'm back. Sorry. Yeah, Splendor, I think, I think people just love playing with those little poker chips. They're great. Those poker chips are better poker chips than you can get at the store, usually. Christ. But games like that, and I like those games because they have simple mechanics. Uh, if I could uh, teach them, maybe not Clank, we'll play uh, one of the many versions of the DC deck builder game. Yeah, those are fun. If I can if I can teach you a mechanic, then I've taught you a whole bunch of games. Oh, especially like, like a deck builder game. Yeah. Period. Mm -hmm. That's so many games right there. Yeah. So that's that's why I like to folks try to find the simple mechanic of a game and you know, try to make it a game under an hour with teaching, maybe go a little bit more that's, into that. That's fair. Uh you know, and if you can find a game Baron Park, I can teach Baron Park to a lot of people because it's very Tetrisy. You've got these little polynominals that kind of fit in like Tetris. So that's something people can relate to and pick up pretty quickly without. Oh, wait. I did play Bear Park with you. I'm pretty sure you have. I have. I take that back. I'm sorry. You haven't played I've the extension. Huh? You probably no, haven't I played haven't. the extension. But... No. And I only played it the once, and it was fun, but I didn't really get into it. Just like the terraforming Mars, I didn't really get to play it again and really get into it. Right, that's the game you have to play multiple times because you learn the cards. It's it's got oh. I forget 150 some individual different cards that yeah have to learn. And I think I was drunk. <laughs> Never awesome. easy to learn something when you're drunk, especially that game. I assume your answer to the same question would be like Flux. Me? Mm -hmm. I I I haven't taught in a really long time, but flux uh speaking from someone who let's just let's just say i am looking at it from the perspective of i'm trying to sell games mm -hmm. flux definitely because it's easy and it gives people the illusion that they'll be good at any game they pick up after that <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and then like you play flux and then you're like oh you should try some munchkin Let's play some Munchkin real quick, and it's a little more complicated, but I think you'll enjoy it. And then you just get that excitement going just with Munchkin, and yeah, it's it's a it's a it is a downward slope from there into chaos and madness. Well, one of the things I love to do is try to try to find the right game for the right person. Definitely, mm -hmm. and and that may end up being the theme, or it might be the mechanic, and, and I usually ask people what kind of movies they like, what kind of, what do they like to do, just, just hobbies. So you try to figure out their mindset of they want to do something quick, they want to do it fast, slow, take their time. You, you got to figure it out. And then theme, even if the theme's not that strong in the game, it's still enough to maybe hook them. Yes, I agree, 100%. Yeah, because yeah, like if you if you know someone plays D&D &D on a regular, 
I mean, fuck, right there, I've got, you know, Munchkin, Red Dragon Inn, I've got Lords of Waterdeep, I've got all these games that I can just be like, well, you're a fan of D&D, here you go. Or if a family walks in, then, you know, I take them over to Cheapskate Games, and it's like, you know, let's let's try these. I bet you'll like these as a family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. For me, it's always been about party games. Um, like, just the situations where I've been in where I can teach somebody how to play a game, it's got to be... I've got to teach eight to 12 people all how to play this game at once. And like, um, so I, I usually end up with something like cards against humanity, which I, I hate that game at this point, but like, I still play it because people love it. And you know, it's a good party game and one night ultimate werewolf with a Bluetooth speaker is usually a really big hit. Like if I have a bunch of people who've never played a tabletop game before, I pull that game out with a Bluetooth speaker. I let the Bluetooth speaker explain what they're supposed to be doing, how to play the game. We usually have a false start or two. Like, you know what I mean? Like someone who could, we go through the first night and then like somebody's like, I didn't really get what I was supposed to be doing. But then the second, we try again the second time and then we'll spend hours playing One Night Ultimate Werewolf over and over again just because people are get really into that. You know, yeah. Ultimate Werewolf, I just want to make a comment. Ultimate War Werewolf is fun, but it's never going to beat the original Are You a Werewolf for me. Sure. Oh my god. You, now, you need 15 people to play. Oh yeah. Which is the big benefit to Ultimate Werewolf, but oh my god. You get enough people playing Are You a Werewolf, ugh, it, will, it will turn into a bloodbath if you don't if you're not careful. <laughs> I, I'm i pretty sure I almost saw a 13-year-old boy kill his whole family with his bare hands one time. <laughs> it was great. Well, the great thing about that game, too, is like you don't have to go out and buy some fancy game to play it. You can look up the rules of how to play that online and then just, just play it if you've got enough people. Well, I mean, you couldn't do that back then when I first started playing it. But yeah, I mean, that, that game is real. And... and and really easy to reskin. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be about werewolves. It, it could you could change that into anything you want. Mafia is a big like. Some people don't even know that game is werewolf. They're just like that's mafia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, well, they also they've done the uh, one night ultimate. Was aliens or superheroes? Vampire. Vampires. Yeah, there's several versions of of that. I I will say when you get to the social deduction games. Yeah, boy, that'll tur- that that turns me off almost as fast as as uh, Red Dragon in. Oh yeah, Guild yeah, Train. I... Guild Train. Is there a guy uh, hauling toilets outside your door? There, Greg? I think that's I think that's the Dice Master shipment. <laughs> <laughs> Finally got here. I... <laughs> Better go get oh, that, Brad. Bring it, bring it back around. I'm gonna open the store back up now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So social, you said social deduction games turn you off just as much as Red Dragon in. Oh, I can't stand them. Uh, <laughs> like Secret Hitler was a big one that our group had played a lot, and oh, yeah. yeah, any any game where you're trying to figure out who everybody is, it just no. Holy crap! It, it you also I saw you suffer through one. What the fuck was it? Oh, it, was, 
It was a work of fucking art, though, watching Mike play this game. <laughs> like that storytelling games, also not not in my wheelhouse. I, I you know I can play them. I just uh, it might have been that Batman game. I forget what the, there was a Batman social deduction game I had. Well, no, you did play this. The other one I'm talking about is um, the one where you had to steal gold or something like that. You were, were all bank robbers. Bang. And we, yes, I think it was Bang. Wait. Yeah, someone's a sheriff. Someone's the. No, no, no. It's not Bang. But that is another one. That one's not I, too bad. I could, at least no. there's something going on, but. Ah, I can't remember. Uh, what. Yeah. But yeah, those those are those are painful. I mean, you know, it comes down to having a bad game experience. With, sure. You know, you're trying really hard to win this game, and then you realize that someone, they don't care. They're just flipping a coin, literally flipping a coin out on the card they play. And I'm like, ah, you've just ruined an hour of my time. Yeah, and it also makes it really difficult for you to do any kind of deduction. Because if you're trying to figure out somebody's move and, and like, how they're playing, and, like, you're trying to deduce, are they on my side, are they on the other side, based on how they're playing... And they're just playing at random. I mean, like it makes it literally impossible for you to play the game effectively. Yeah, that's, that's why any any game I play, I need strict rules and everyone to play by them. And yeah, yeah. I, I I will say that I have like in games like that, like when they do literally like pull out a co- uh, a coin to see what they're going to do. I've actually made house rules that stated you can't do that mm-hmm. because it's it's lame. Yeah. It's a coward move. Mm-hmm. But but I do think it's funny that. In a lot of the fundamental, I wouldn't say fundamentally. I think fundamentally, uh, Mike and I are pretty solid, solidly similar. But once you get into the uh, extraneous stuff, we can't be any more different. Like, I love the fucking social deduction games. I love the storytelling games. But yeah, but that kind of dynamic worked great when we were, you know, working at the store. Because I would have my core games that I'm like, okay, I'm ready for these games. And he's like, I've got these games. And it's it's perfect. There was one time I came to the store and he was out in the car playing with himself. <laughs> uh, with, uh, with one of the board games. I, yeah. when I, when I card, uh, it was a card game that you could solo play. It was a baseball game. So yeah. he, was, like, he was messing with his bats. You know, right. His just, balls just, and bats. Right. Yeah, bat and balls. Just, bat and balls. Just, just like regular people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to, Mike. That that it was too good the first time I did it. It's going to be good the other hundred times I did it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I see they came up on the Facebook memories. I'm like, oh, I know. God. I was just about to say that. It was, like, <laughs> yes, it was yesterday, wasn't it? <laughs> it was recent. It was recent. Crazy. It was recent. Uh, have you guys played any of those rolling rights? They seem to be everywhere right now. What's that? The rolling right genre of games. Uh, welcome to what's some ones I got? Welcome Silver. to the dungeon. Nope, just called Welcome to, and oh. it is you're like a city planner, and it's all about mm-hmm. uh, you flip over, and you have to organize numbers, and they're like a kind of like Yahtzee, Yahtzee type games. I, and I know my board game. Yeah, my board game group. That's Everyone plays all of these. Uh, on tour is one I, I just back from. Yeah, I've not heard of any of these. Yeah, they, right, they come, over, right come over, teach us. Come over. <laughs> from six feet away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, a six foot long gaming table and stand at opposite ends. Yeah, but like I, the craft table like sticks to move pieces around. I have a, I have yeah. a table, we can do that, I think. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah. This is a painful podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, the, I do have a game coming, I think, next year for you, Brad. Uh, what? It, it's the Moonshiners game. I'm. You it have a, my attention. It was a Kickstarter. Uh, just, I'm looking at to make sure I don't mess up the exact name of it. Moonshine Empire. And you brew your moonshine and then tried to deliver it via boat, hovercraft, walk it in, drive a truck. Dodge Chargers. I, <laughs> I, I could uh, live that game a, if I wanted to. <laughs> I live in Tennessee. Like it would take two seconds for me to get involved in that business. You want a job? It was, those, it was one of those games we talked about, like Kickstarter. Um, I, I kept watching the whole thing. We got down literally within five minutes of the whole thing ending, and you see that they have stretched uh, all the stretch goals, and you see all the bonus stuff you get. Or you know, was it fifty-five or sixty bucks? Wow! You're like, I know I'm going to end up with this game, mm-hmm. so I might as well get it now and get more stuff. True. Might as well get all those stretch goals. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I guess this kind of leads into this question then. And man, I don't think I'm going to be able to contribute to the answer on this question because I've not done a whole lot of research lately. But so I guess. I'll posit it to the two of you, um, but mainly, uh, Mike, what game or games are you, not counting Moonshine Empire, are you super excited about coming out? Wow. <clears throat> well. Um, Betrayal Scooby-Doo. Yeah, Betrayal Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Rick hasn't lost his heart on since it got brought up. Uh, no, uh-uh. Mm-mm. <laughs> I, I think for me, it's going to be Marvel Villainous is coming out. You're familiar what? with the Disney. It, oh, so Disney Villainous came out last year. Uh-huh. And that's it, you play as the Disney villains and you play through their movies. They announced they've got like three expansions for that game. Well, this year they're bringing out Marvel Villainous, which uh, you play kind of more together. You all play on the same villain deck, but you can be, I think, Thanos, Hela, Doc Ock, and I can't remember who the other uh, starter. Let, let's hope they let Red Skull out of it. <laughs> He'll be there eventually. I will judge the person that plays the Nazi. <laughs> but yeah, pro- that that I'm looking forward to. And then I've got the two Kickstarters, uh, the Encore coming on, and then uh, Tiny Epic Dinosaurs. Wait. Should be August-ish. You, uh, the others, the, the Tiny Epic line, they've done a whole bunch of Tiny Epic games. Yeah, okay, that's um, where I've heard it from then. Yeah, they've they've done, there's probably eight other Tiny Epic games from all over the place, whether it be, there's a, there's a Western one, there's a couple space ones, there's a fantasy one. Um, so, but, the, you know, I know one thing with some of my uh, board game industry friends, no one's really sure what's going to happen the rest of the year. What, you know, these games are scheduled to come out. Yeah. Um, are they going to get made on time? Are they going to come out in time? Uh, Origins here in Columbus has been delayed to October, but 
realistically probably isn't going to happen. Gen Con has not been canceled yet, but based on the way things are going, I can't, even if they have it, it won't be to the scale normally. Oh, and, 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 even, and everybody's going to be going into it with a completely different social mindset too. And financially. Mm-hmm. And uh, same goes with like the, the, the Spielers Arts in, in Germany. That's going to affect things. Uh, if, if, Gen Con and, and the Spiel get canceled. Those are the two big dates for the board game industry as far as new games coming out. Gen Con for the US, Spiel for uh, the Europe, for Europe. And um, so that's really going to affect things, which I think is going to be strange because who's going to be able to provide games on time? It is going to be uh, Target and Walmart because yeah. of they're go- they have the resources to get the game released on time the, their their games their exclusive games so it's going to be real interesting how the rest of the year plays off as far yep. as as that goes i'm really excited about from what i understand there's another set of keyforge coming out I'm really excited for that there's a title i heard of called return to dark tower that looks really good. It's got a lot of really big names attached to it. Like, you know, it's almost like a like a dream team coming together, if you will. Like this guy from this game company, this guy from this game company, this guy from this game. They're all coming together to make like this board game that they all want to make. It looks really good. And uh, they're coming out with a entirely uh, Baby Yoda edition of Monopoly that uh as much as i don't like playing monopoly in general like i'll get that just because it's baby yoda (laughs) oh i'm not gonna lie i was looking at a a version of monopoly the garbage pail kids version today oh yeah yeah. that's cool very nostalgia hit me with the nostalgia but it's still monopoly yeah it is still monopoly did you see have you seen the well, the real versions, I can't say the gag versions, but they made the, the longest Monopoly game ever. It's literally two boards, and there's like what? a board in a board. And I, I've i seen a few people uh, on, on on YouTube talk about it, and they're like, I don't think anyone could really ever play this game. It's just, it would just go on literally forever. I will say there have been things that have made Monopoly, you know, bearable. Like if I'm going to play Monopoly, I'll play it on a video game system. And I will play with the speed die. The thing about playing on a video game system, one, you have to adhere to the rules. And nobody ever adheres to the rules when they actually play Monopoly. Which is why it takes a game that should be about one hour and turns it into six. And with the speed die, it's like an extra red die that you add to the normal 2d6s that you roll. and basically forces you to go to like unowned spaces. And once the unowned spaces are all taken up, it forces you to go to your opponent's spaces and pay out money. So like, it makes that game really quick. Um, I've also heard really good things about Monopoly Gamer, which I haven't played it myself, but I know there's at least three editions out. There's like the Mario edition, the Mario Kart edition, and the Overwatch edition. And depending on what character, what little piece you choose to play as, like each of them gets their own different powers that you can use during the game. And I've heard good things about the game. I've never played it myself, but... Hmm, that's cool. You can also buy expansion packs for Monopoly Gamer. Like if you got like the Mario version of Monopoly Gamer, you can go buy new characters for it. Then they come with new cards and new powers and stuff like that. Yeah, I've heard it's a playable version. 
how it was described to me. It's a playable version of Monopoly. <laughs> yeah, I think I want to, like with Monopoly, I would love to sit down and actually play it the way it's supposed to be played. Because a lot of people don't play it the way it's supposed to be played. No. Like, you know, like Uno, people don't, most people don't play Uno correctly. I don't even, I, I mean, is there an incorrect way to play Uno? You just oh, follow yeah. the cards, right? Oh, yeah, there's, like, there's lots of incorrect plays, ways to play Uno, depending on how you interpret the cards. Yeah. Usually comes to whether you start stacking, pulling two or five or whatever. Gotcha. Different cards, but yeah, that's, you know, if it wasn't for those games, we wouldn't have the games that are good now. Oh, yeah. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I still think Clue's good. Oh, um, yeah. And I, I never was never a fan of Clue. But also, what a deduction game. So I, yeah. I was about to say, Clue was like a, a step away from being a social deduction game, <laughs> which I was about to say would make that game better, is if it was a social deduction game, like started out and you draw like the, the traitor card and one person knows they're the one that did it. So they have to try to sabotage the game throughout the rest of the thing for everybody. Now, they they do have things like that. They're like the dinner party packs uh, you can buy. And as people show up at your house, you hand them a character and they play that throughout the night. I want to do that so bad. And I think I would enjoy that. I think that would be fine because it's more immersive. There's a band too. They're like a, a steampunk pirate band called Abney Park. And they release their own version of a... Uh, like murder dinner party game, and you can you can buy it for them, and it comes with a copy of their album because like the album is meant to be played while you're playing the game, and it it seems really cool. I'd love to do that. Yeah, that would be that would be fun. No, I'll, I'll say too that uh, speaking of kind of this stuff like that, those escape room board games are kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that they would work out as well as they did, but I really like the Unlock series. Yeah, the the, uh, the Unlock, those are the ones you can play. You can get more than one play out of them. Mm -hmm. There's the Escape series where you only get one play out of them. Because you're essentially ripping apart everything. You are, yeah, you are. And, and um, they're, both, they're both fun. There's a bunch. There's a lot of those games coming out now. There's, I think, actually, a Scooby-Doo Escape Room game coming out as well. That's gonna be do things coming up. Add the card. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all supposed to coincide with either the movie or the DVD release of the movie. Right. But, you know that's all messed up as well. Um, there's a game I've been playing recently, um, the um, uh, Chronicles of Crime, and it's it's a escape room mystery solve a crime type game. But what makes it interesting is that you use a smartphone or a tablet and you keep scanning these qr codes and they give you the information as you're interviewing suspects and information and what's also cool about that game is they developers have opened up the materials so the community can create their own stories oh that's cool like a high-tech version of time stories kind of i don't know if you've ever played time stories similar yeah 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 kind of in that yeah that's uh, super yes. cool yeah it, it, it's a fun one and that's always a fun one with new people too because you're playing together trying mm -hmm. to figure out this mystery and and then you got technology which always gets people involved and yeah uh, it's, it's, there's a oh I, I was about to say so most people when they do podcasts they'll take notes before i really feel like i should have been taking notes 
throughout this. <laughs> you can always listen to it after I post it, and then you can take your notes throughout. Yeah. yeah I, just want to, uh, I have like three or four pages of notes going into this. <laughs> well, see, that's what I'm saying. That's that's normal prep, and here I am like, man, I should have been taking notes throughout this. <laughs> <laughs> just, when you re-listen to this podcast, just make sure you log into a different account so it still counts to the right. each time. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll use a few different dummy accounts. Yeah, yeah. log in like four devices at once, all on different <laughs> accounts. Listen to it surround sound all at once. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up now. Uh, we have had the most chaotic conversation throughout the course of this time together. Um, yeah, uh, I, I really don't even know what to say. I'm, I'm actually just super excited to get out and get on Kickstarter, get on Amazon, because I can't go to my local game store and track down all these games that you two have been talking about. Um, so yeah, and uh, meeples of peoples. Yeah, there, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank That's you very much it. for tuning in to Caster's Guild. Uh, make sure to check out the new episode release every Monday and check us stream. check us out streaming live on Twitch every sunday right um, now until the crisis is over right mike thank you very much for coming on we look forward to having you on again when we're actually playing some games and maybe we'll do some <laughs> some recorded plays of some of these games thank thanks for having me I, I still got my decree right yeah none of us used oh, our yeah. decree last yeah, week i did i used mine uh, what was yeah. yours again uh, i forgot what was <laughs> the shop local oh yeah shop local Oh, yeah, local yeah. when you can. Chopley, that excellent guild decree. So I, I, I got mine, and, and I decree that Red Dragon Inn is not a good game. Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that hurts. Can you do okay. about it? That's that, a guild that, decree. Yep. Yeah. That might yeah. be a little bit of retaliation of a, a previous decree I heard. I will, uh, I will say my, <laughs> oh. guild decree, my guild decree will be uh, whatever your favorite <laughs> game is, that is the best game. Well, <laughs> you will know, we'll add to you. To you. Yes, yes, to you. But, that is the best you would totally be counteracting. You would be totally counteracting Mike's guild decree. <laughs> <laughs> whatever your favorite game is, that is the best game to you. Get out there play some games, have some fun, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 We're going to need some more buys out of this guy. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Or just bye. <laughs> I don't know how to buy. I was actually half, half expecting a harump out of you. And get a harump out of that guy. <laughs>